Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett, and today we have a special guest, Tom Morks from Insurgent Publishing. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Really excited to have you here. We're gonna. Tom's an expert in event-based marketing. So if you're getting ready to launch your course, or you're you know you're a teacher, and you know marketing is not really your strength, we're gonna get into some really interesting details of event-based marketing and kind of take some of the mystery out and give you some actionable steps or strategies to think about uh, in terms of launching your course and doing modern marketing. But I want to tell you a little bit about Tom. Tom is an amazing guy. He is a West Point grad, an Iraq war veteran, the founder and CEO of Insurgent Publishing, which has uh, people that he's helped include Jonathan Mead, Andrew Warner, Jeff Goins, Taylor Person, uh, Dan Norris. Uh, these are some great entrepreneurial authors and, uh, you know, online brands. So he's, he just has a, a, you know, really interesting history of, with um, really interesting clients. Um, so Insurgent Publishing is a creative advisory and consulting firm that helps entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs grow their businesses through strategic, large-scale book and digital product launches. Tom's client projects have been featured in major mainstream media outlets, leading television networks, and top-ranked blogs and podcasts. He has consulted on books that have hit the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and Amazon bestseller list. He's led the marketing and promotional effort that generated over $450,000, setting a Kickstarter record for the most funded nonfiction publishing project, and has done multiple six-figure course in digital product launches. That is quite the resume, Tom. Uh, that's awesome to be a, you know, a part. It takes a village sometimes to like launch a project. So if someone's mm-hmm. bringing in the special operator for the product mm-hmm. launch, that's you're the guy. Tell, tell us a little bit about your sweet spot of like, where do you come in and what do you bring to the table? Yeah, that's a great question. So like if somebody's hiring me or my team like for that and we're, you know, beyond like advisory or just like, you know, coaching slash consulting type of thing where we're actually delivering some sort of like delivering a service for this. We offer like kind of a couple of core things. Obviously there's the consulting advisory piece and then we offer a few other additional services for people who, who are inquiring about them and, and depending on our bandwidth. But one of them is um, launch management. So a lot of people will work with somebody, you know, and, and some of these names are pretty big and, and will generate, you know, hundreds of thousands in, in a, you know, one week period. Right. Um, so like these are pretty big and it takes a lot of planning and a lot of prep and a lot of like um, uh, just yeah, time and attention to make sure these things go off the right way. So we do kind of launch management to make sure things like, that we hit our timetables leading up to some sort of launch or event. Um, and then we do affiliate management. So that's probably the biggest thing. That's probably one of the biggest thing why people want to work with, with my team in particular is we know a decent amount of people in the space. And that's the cool part about doing these kind of events. The more we do, the more partners we get, the more my network grows, the more people we are able to work with in the future. So the nice part is it's a constantly, um, in terms of like a business model for me, it's nice because I feel like I'm constantly adding or generating more value for the people we work with just through the nature of just doing this work. So each launch is like bigger and better than the next. That's at least that's what we shoot for. And then we offer a couple other things like copywriting and paid ads. So basically somebody would come to me if they're like, I have this platform, I have the product and I have an audience, but I want to reach a broader audience. I want to sell way more and 
yeah. So if you can help me get more, get more leads, get more traffic, get more opt-ins, get more sales, um, that's, that's where we come in. So typically I don't, we don't really work in that capacity. Like if somebody's just starting out, not a good fit, like it just, there's too many variables. So typically we work with somebody who has some sort something established and they've, again, typically they've already sold it. And so it has proof of concept. You don't want to kind of go into something like this without proof of concept, like, especially when you bring on partners, which we can dig into and, and get in more depth if we want to in a little bit. That's awesome. Well, let's, let's just do a little bit of educational piece for if yeah. there's anybody out there who's not aware of what a quote product launch is in the digital yeah. space, like what that means. And for me, I can't even remember what year it was. It must have been 2008 or somewhere in there. Uh, if you've been into internet marketing for any amount of time, you would have come across Jeff Walker's product launch formula. And I think in the same way that, you know, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week book was, it's like a key moment in time for a certain group of people that like, oh, okay, this person gelled all these ideas about this type of thing. Jeff Walker did that for the product launch formula. And he really opened the eyes to the a broader market um, of like how to, you know, launch an online business or a new service offering or a mm-hmm. digital product or program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, Jeff Walker taught like the steps to go through it and a lot. And it, it was really good. It was really good. And he had like a $2,000, I think course on the back end of it, but even just his launch by itself was super educational in terms of like, if you're for the uninitiated to really understand kind of modern marketing and the sideways sales letter and all these things. But uh, how would you describe a product launch and how has it changed like, or what's it like today compared to how it was 10 years ago in the digital space? Right. So I'll start by saying I can't compare it to 10 years ago because I've only been doing this maybe like for three or four years now. So it's tough for me to get that much perspective on it. Um, but I can tell you in that time, what I've seen things evolve and change. But I'll start with, um, your, so your first question is, what is the product launch? So I guess I would define it as, you know, it, it's, it's strategically releasing a product like product launch or any kind of launch. Anytime somebody says I'm launching X, they're just like releasing it, right? Just like any other thing gets released. And, and there's some, I say strategically because you, when you release something, you want people to know about it. And if you don't have something that generates interest and awareness, it'll get lost. So like you see this in, in the self-publishing space a lot, for example, like somebody write a book, put it out there, and then it's like they hope that somehow sales will happen inside Amazon. And that's not how it works at all. Literally never, ever does it work that way. So you have to create the was you have to create the awareness and you have to get the traffic coming to this, even if you're using Amazon um, or somebody else's platform, right? And that's the idea. That's why people want to get on other people's platforms typically. And then they realize, hey, actually, it's not, not like that. You put a course on Udemy, you're not going to get sales on Udemy through Udemy. Probably not, at least. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you do. But, uh, but you probably have more command and control over your own platform if you do it through your own platform. But it's not, I don't even care where your thing is at. We do a lot of launches with books on Amazon, uh, courses on Udemy. It doesn't matter. But the point is, what you have to be able to do is actually generate that traffic, get that, get that, and create that buzz and that interest, and get people aware of it, and then get them to purchase. So there's a process that you use to do that. So that kind of segues into what is like a product launch formula. I think is like you know Jeff Walker doing his thing online, where he just found like this very like simple way to kind of like unaggressively or non-aggressively like lead somebody through a series of steps, like emails. Typically, he does all email marketing, and video-based marketing. So emails and then some video, and then have an open cart sequence where the thing's available for purchase. So again, it's just strategically releasing this. Some people then take that formula and they do this multiple times throughout the year. So they're re-releasing something. But again, every time it's just a release of something. Um, so again, books, digital products could be 
courses, uh, could be um, any kind of service. Maybe it's a, maybe not really service. I don't know if that would maybe it would, um, but but typically you'll find it in the product space. So like or in person events. So then and kind of bring that to another aspect of it. So what we've done, we've now done this for also including services and stuff like that. So we don't typically we'll use we don't always use that product launch formula as is. And I kind of back backed my way into it because I didn't know what that was while I was doing all the stuff that we were doing. So I was kind of learning on the fly, doing my own things, working with other people. So learning maybe from people who had learned from that. But kind of that's how I got my uh, you know hands dirty in that space. And then I got the book that I read. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm, I'm pretty much doing all the things right. It seems like so I kind of I kind of stumble backward into it. Um, but I guess now what we do is, and I guess the way things have changed is, is just that. It's one, you know, I think it still works. Like it absolutely does. Cause it's the fundamentals. Like it's a fundamental marketing strategy. It's like, there's gonna be people who, you know, have, have a pain and problem and they, they don't know about it. There's gonna be the people who have the pain and problem. They do know about it. Right. And there's gonna be people who don't know how the pain don't know about it. Right. So it's like these three groups, these three categories. And the idea being when you put somebody through a, a systematic series of emails or something like that, they're going to be, become aware of that problem. They're going to realize they actually have it and they, they want a cure or solution. And then you're going to lead them through that and say, oh, there is a cure and solution. Guess what? It's mine. Here it is. And it's released, right? So that's why these things, when I say, like you mentioned that we do like event-based marketing and like online event-based marketing, I think it's a good way to, to look at that. I'm still working on the wording behind that. But the idea is how do we get people actually interested in that? Because that's the thing. If you just put it out there, nobody would care, even if you use the product launch formula. So now, a days, I think that's the biggest evolution in the last few years that I've seen is the need to be able to get people's attention early on and get them opting into something interesting. And so typically, we'll do that by doing like multiple types of like lead magnets. Um, we'll, we, we cater and craft a lot of like our copywriting and messaging for individual like partners, audiences, like if we're bringing partners on. Um, and then we essentially Actually, we kind of break that. That's the big thing. I think we just look at different multiple points of entry into this like sales funnel is what it ends up becoming. And, um, and so that's where the event is, is we want people to be coming to this. So if it's a summit, if it's a book launch, you know, you don't want to just release the book. There should be some steps leading up to it. How do we make an event out of it? Can we do a challenge? Can we do a competition? Can we do a giveaway? How do we use these different things that actually get people's attention, get them paying attention and then lead them through the sequence of events, which I think is a little different than what he, he discusses in his book. He, he kind of just talks about that specific like step-by-step sequence of emails from if what I can remember. It's been a, a minute since I've read it. So I think that's kind of what I'm seeing change a lot. It's just the, the way we generate that traffic and get interest and get awareness. And then there's been a lot of improvements in the way we actually get more sales. So we can definitely get into that if you're interested too. Totally. Well, Let's talk about what are some, just some examples or categories of events. I mean, you can do webinars, you could uh, Mm -hmm. have uh, a live event, you could, like you said, do some kind of giveaway or special promotion. What, like list it out for us, like what are some types of events? So some of the ones we've worked on uh, would be basically everything you, I'll probably go through it and touch on some of the things you already mentioned, but like summits are a big one, virtual summits. Um, yeah, individual like training, like online webinars or training, like digital, like live stream events. Um, so live stream is very popular now. So it's a great way you can create an event around some sort of live stream or series of live streams or something like that. Um, challenges. So, you know, this is great in like the health industry. So you run up, you know, 21 day green juice challenge or something. I don't know if that'll kill you. So maybe don't do that. Don't, I don't, don't take diet advice from me, but you do some sort of 
challenge, right? That leads into, so people are like, okay, I'm going to take this challenge. And then guess what? At the end of it or during it, you're essentially kind of subtly and then maybe not so subtly toward the end, like selling something that's related to that, right? So that's the whole idea. So challenges are a great one. Um, giveaways are okay. I think if they're really uh, targeted, I think that's the problem though. Like if you give away an iPad and, and you're selling like, uh, you know, software on how to make courses, like you may have a pretty low conversion rate from people who opt in to get that free iPad to then, you know, using your software, right? So that's right. the idea is like, so that works really well, but we have to be like consistent with what it is to generate the, the interest. So that I think a lot of people want to shortcut it with like, oh, I'll give away prizes and that's how I'll get people interested. But it's just, it's not a good idea. You want to start with the, the audience first. Um, then, yeah, there's like creating, and then within those different aspects, then there's ways that we create like interest around different types of products that are being launched, like a book. So with a book, I might do something like maybe I would do a challenge that leads into it, or maybe we would do like a series of, of live streams leading up to it, or maybe we do some sort of like, uh, who knows, maybe it's like, maybe it maybe it's an email series. Um, but again, we're in that case, then we're driving people to that. They're getting, you know, they're entering that kind of like launch funnel or launch sequence. Um, and it's like in and around, built in and around an event. So I think I covered most of the ones that we've done, but yeah, we've done product launches and we've done, we've, we've sold all sorts of products using those kind of tools. Very cool. Well, let's, let's walk through a hypothetical course builders, uh, sales and marketing funnel. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> if I have a course on, uh, let's say some type of, let's go health and fitness, some kind of kettlebell training mm -hmm. for, um, you know, uh, I'm just thinking like for people over 40, uh, what, what would my, what, what could a generic starting point of a sales funnel look like? And I'm launching my course on like in the spring and it's the middle of winter right now. And I've got like, th uh, three months of runway. What should I do? Sure. Tough question. But, uh, <laughs> Taking that into consideration, that's a really tough timeline because is it too short or too I long? Like, I would typically do like six months out. Oh, okay. Like this. Well, the idea is we want to generate, we want to get like tens of thousands of people into this, not like hundreds, you know? So sometimes it takes a little longer. So give me six months and we can, we can work. Okay. Work you got out. it. Um, sure. So we were six months out. Okay. So I think number one is, is so knowing that you know the product and you know the, the, the target audience over 40, right? Um, and the kettle, the thing kettle, it's a kettlebell course, like to teach you how to use kettlebells. Is that yeah. the idea? Kettlebell, get back Perfect. in shape after 40. Yeah. With a kettlebell. With kettlebells. No Perfect. gym membership. So, so I, I know I don't really care about anybody under 40 for this product. So I'm definitely not going to do any kind of event that, that would, I don't want to necessarily say no to them, but I, but essentially I do. Like I really don't want anybody under 40 coming into this, um, or at least like way under 40, like 20 year olds we don't really care about. So we don't want to speak to them at all. Number one. So you know, your target audience, you know what the product is you're going to sell kettlebells, but ultimately there's always that why, like, okay, improve fitness, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. But the, the, the thing is, the unique thing here is probably that kettlebell. So a couple things you could do. Um, one is like, if you put together, maybe it is, uh, it's just some of the examples we already mentioned. So a challenge. So I could put together a challenge for people. So 40, 40 plus challenge or, or for, for men, 40 to 60, uh, I'm guessing probably more men would purchase a kettlebell thing. Than women. I have no idea. I'm not in this market, but, but if, if we do it, it like, like ignoring that, we just do say, uh, the challenge would be, um, like a, a seven day or maybe it's a 21 day challenge for, for 40 to 60 or something or 40 plus to get back in shape, to get ripped and, and get looking like they're 20 again. Right. 
and, and you're gonna put them through a challenge and what, and the challenge is just that people are going to do something each day and they're going to populate and they're going to update this Facebook group and let them know like, what you have to do is like, here's, here's a basic program you're going to follow each day. You're gonna be active for 30 minutes and you're gonna do one of these weightlifting exercises or one of these like whatever exercises. And so with the idea being somebody's going to see that hypothetically, somebody's going to be sharing somewhere. Somebody else is going to see it and be like, okay, I'm over 40. I'm kind of out of shape. 21 days is going to whip me back in shape or at least get me started. I'm going to take that chance. And there's going to be a support group. Then going through it, you have to give them some sort of process, help them to attain some sort of results. And then at the end of that, the chances are they come out with some good results, but that's the perfect then like segue into saying, here's how you take it to the next level. You are at this like baseline, but kettlebells are the things that are going to bring it to the next level. So it's like a specific, like you go general to specific, right? So that would be one example. Another way you could cut it is running like a, maybe a small, like a, a virtual summit or type of like, like live stream, like live stream series. And you could bring together experts, right? Uh, at uh, experts who are, are experts in weight loss for people over 40 or for, for strength gain over 40. So it should be like over 40 fitness uh, summit. And you have somebody on who's specifically about losing weight over 40, one specifically for men, maybe one specifically for women. Maybe there's weight training for over 40, maybe it's bulking or whatever it is, right? You just cut it up, get, you know, six to 12 people and you do something like that. You can pre-record the interviews. They don't have to be live. They'd be live, whatever. But the point is then that's what you're promoting and sharing. So again, the reason people will get compelled by the challenge of this is they're free. It's free entry. And that's the idea. So it's free entry into this. And that's what makes people's ears perk up. And that's why people, you know, will, will attend. Okay, it's free. I'm going to join this. I'm going to take a, take a chance on this. It allows you to get your face in front of them and your voice and that you're the coordinator. You're the person putting all this together, even if you leverage experts, which is a great way to actually build your, if you're kind of a no name, which I was, so I get this, right? So I'm not down, like talking down to anyone, but if you're you're not very well known, that's a great way to also benefit from the social proof of having these experts on, right? Let me ask you a question. Yeah, totally. Um, How do you get experts who may be like, like what's in it for them to come to your virtual summit if they're like already got it going on? Like why do they do that? Yep. So, so the big, really really big names, typically they have to, they have to see that there's going to, it's going to be worthwhile. And on their end, then it's, you, usually you're going to be doing something for them. Like that's what the behind the scenes of everything that you see is people making deals, right? So for the big name people, I don't even honestly touch them. I don't really want to work with them because of that. Cause that's a huge limitation. They're going to want you. They're going to want to take way more from you than you're going to get from them. That's just the way it is. Right? So unless you have a personal connection or personal relationship with them, typically you're not going to get those bigger names unless you're giving up something really big. And I don't know what that is. So what I always look for is like, who are those, you know, be, listers, so to speak. I don't know if that's a negative thing, but I just say, who's like, who's somebody like me who has, you know, maybe a, a, a website, a platform, an audience, maybe, you know, five, 10,000 subscribers or 15, 20,000 or something like that. Who's like an up and comer or maybe, or who has just a really established niche or, in, or established like presence in a certain niche. And I say, who are these people that, that most people don't quite know about, but they have their own following. They do have their own audience. There are people actually who specifically respect them and follow them and learn from them. Those I think are the money makers for you in terms of like running an event like that, because not only one, they're going to be interested in getting on, uh, get, having the spotlight on them. Um, but two, they're, yeah, they're going to be easier to work with. And three, they're, they're typically going to be able to promote or share. So again, the bigger names, you might be able to land a bigger name by making a very relevant, you know, approaching them the right way. Uh, you know, if you have some connections or an intro, obviously that's the moneymaker right there. But at barring all that, so the person, I always assume the person starting from scratch doesn't have the connections, doesn't really have a ton of money. So the person's bootstrapping. Do you, do you want to focus on the people I just described? 
people who you see or have a presence, but aren't like so big name that they're not, they're going to ignore you. You're looking for people who are going to reply to their emails, you know, reply to their own emails. They haven't like outsourced that to somebody else. They don't have a team of people in front of like uh, communication coming to them, right? Those are going to be the, the people you want to bring on. And then it helps. And the thing is, you'll find this in any space, fitness too. You'll find the people actually who are, who do have some like sway in the industry, who are bigger names, maybe not the biggest, but bigger names. And they can be swayed again by, by either reciprocation, like helping promote something of theirs by, I guess you could pay them. Typically I've never done that. I've never seen that done, but I know it does happen. So there's maybe there's could be a fee. Um, and then there's the affiliate component to it, which is compelling for some people and not so much for others. But the idea being that if you're, if basically when I have the conversation with partners and bring them on as speakers, or even though they're not speaking speakers, but they're going to be promoting one of our events or, or products or something like that, we're going to give them a cut of the profit from leads that's that from their leads that end up purchasing. So if they push 100, 200, 300, 400 opt-ins and they get, you know, five, 10% of that's, per, you know, purchase, and that turns out to be 10 grand, they're going to get, you know, I don't know, a percentage of that, 30%, 40%, 50%. And the internet marketing space is always higher, but in health, you could probably do it lower. In certain other industries that it's not quite as tapped out, you do a lower percentage and people are very interested in that. And it's a huge market. Affiliate marketing is like the way to go, I think. And in that case, like if you're bootstrapping, trying to get it off the ground and don't have a huge budget for like paid advertising or something like that. So that's how I would cut that one. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about affiliate marketing and recruiting affiliates. What, if I'm, you know, let's just use the same example. If I'm, if I've got my specialized niche kettlebell training, but I don't really, I'm not really, I'm newer to internet marketing. How do I find affiliates and, and, you know, get them to not, not just find them, but get them to trust that, you know, them investing their time in my course is going to be a good idea. I'm going to give the basic like overview and then talk about how, you know, the more detailed like way to actually, cause there's, there's something to be said for like actually finding and identifying and then actually and connecting. And then there's a, you know, a different story of actually getting them to say yes and promote. Right. So I'll start with the first part, which is the research and recruitment piece or the research and outreach. So research. Um, so you need to know the target market, right? You need to have a, some sort of idea of the demographic. So in this case, over 40, um, looking to get back in shape, looking to lose weight, perhaps like who's going to be great for kettlebells, possibly may, more male audiences, but that's kind of irrelevant. Um, what else? Um, so that's like, you know, fathers and parents, fathers and mothers who want to lose weight, get back in shape. Um, so parents who want to get, get back in shape, lose weight or, or, you know, build muscle or whatever it is. Um, so those are, those are the basic ones I'd start with right there. Mm-hmm. So you have that. What I usually do is we call them, we, we do, when we do market research for clients that we'll break it down to marketing verticals. So I'll say, well, your number one vertical for this is going to be obviously, you know, the general one is just for uh, anybody over 40 looking to lose weight. Okay. But then there's, you know, the over 40 looking to gain weight, um, you know, gain muscle mass or something like that. Then there's, we could splice it and say, okay, there's like specific, like women's type of fitness or something like that. Or there's certain types of exercise, uh, like CrossFit would be another vertical. What about like over 40 CrossFit? Okay, what about over 40 marathon runners? Maybe they could use kettlebell training. Maybe they could, right? I have no idea. But going with this, you know, that's how I start to break out this marketing vertical. So you have to have some sort of intimate knowledge of this or when we do the research, I figure that out as, I, as we go and, and, and look at it deeply. But then we break this down. We, so we have like 10 verticals that it could be. Then I go through a very simple process. Use Google and I search the term and then plus podcasts or the term plus blog. And in the first few pages of Google, you're going to get the key players in the industry in terms of bloggers and podcasters. That's where you start. I put together a list of that. I say oh, podcasters are a super easy one. 
um, because they want to, you know, again, unless it's the biggest names, podcasters are usually really open to new good guests and stuff like that and good content. Um, But bloggers too in the same space, depending on what they do. But you could also search plus YouTube channel or something like that. There's another probably space where fitness would probably be the most, um, you probably get the biggest bang for your buck in that industry. So then I find it. I, okay, I see, I find these 10 blogs, these 10 podcasts, these 10 YouTube channels. I compile their information, first name, last name of the person who's running it. So we don't care about corporations. We only care about actual like bloggers, podcasters, like individual soul, you know, where there's a name behind it. We don't want the generic anything that, that's useless in this context. So you only go with blogs and podcasts and YouTube channels where there's a specific person, specific name behind it. You're looking for those personal brands, basically. And then I'll find their email addresses and then I'll find them on Twitter. And then, so then I actually, then I recruit them, right? So that's the overview, what I just gave you. Now getting to the details of how do you get somebody to say yes? Let me um, ask you a this question is a yeah, go for, yeah. before you go into that. Um, how do you know... Or do you care if they're already an experienced affiliate marketer? Like what if they have a great blog, but they're not affiliate marketing yet? Do you not care? Or do you, do you that's want- That's way better. I prefer that. For them to not yet be doing affiliate stuff. Yeah, to not be, you know, you know to not be spoiled, right? Uh, because <laughs> gotcha. then, yeah. then they're like, that chances are if they haven't been doing that, this isn't the case across the board, but if they have not been doing that, and they're, but they're open to it, then chances are, especially if they have a, like a, a, a platform, they're making money somehow. And then it's not through affiliate stuff, which means that their list is probably more highly engaged. They probably have a really good connection with their audience. Not always. It doesn't, just because you're an affiliate marketer doesn't mean you have a good connection with your audience. But I think those, those people are the best because then those platforms are less inundated. And here's the key thing, because this is the nature of affiliate marketing. If I'm going to promote somebody else's thing, it's going to go out to my list. They're going to see it and I'm going to be promoting this other person. Well, if, if I'm going to a plat, uh, you know, somebody's platform or outlet, um, it's a personal blog and he doesn't do affiliate marketing, well, that's great because he probably hasn't promoted a lot of other people's stuff. So they're less, so that means my, my whatever it is, my event, my challenge, my summit, my course, my product is going to get more aware. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a better, you know, a driver of interest because people won't be used to it. It'll be a pattern change, pattern interrupt, if you will, because they won't have seen it a lot. So I think those are the best. So I don't think you should care if, somebody's actually done affiliate marketing or not. That's awesome. just go after the person who has a good audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the key. That's cool. Well, let me add just a really yeah. fine technical detail. How do you find somebody's email address? I use a lot of different tools, but like one of them that I've used is um, Ninja Outreach. You know, you just plug in a website and you can pull it up. Like I go to homeworkers.com. I think it'll find my website on there. I could probably find yours, Chris, yeah. possibly <laughs> if I want your website. Um, so there's a lot of tools out there like that. And I could probably go through a hundred, but there's that. Gosh, so, there's so many. You just honestly Google, like, how do I find, you know, people's email addresses and you'll find like, like software that does it for you. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, back to what you were saying. Okay. We've, we've located the affiliates now or the potential affiliates. What's next? Okay. So then you either know these people or you don't. Right. So now let's assume the, the one lead is easy. So I'm not even gonna talk about it. You just, this is what I'm doing. This is why I think it'd be a good fit for your audience. This is why I think you should be a part of it. And if you make a good case and they have availability on the calendar, chances are the answer could be yes. For cold leads, like cold, like these platforms you're interested in, but you don't know them, I like to go through a process where before I ever ask them anything, I want to get to know them, honestly. So this takes a long time, hence the six-month lead time. Yeah. I want to find them on Twitter. I want to follow them on Twitter. I want to start resharing their stuff on Twitter over the course of a week or two. I want to engage with them on Twitter once or twice, comment on some things. I want to sign up for their newsletter. 
or their podcast or their YouTube channel. I want to comment on those things for a few weeks. Um, I want to then engage with them and let them know. So then I, that's after I do that for a week or two, I've, I've reshared, I've tweeted, I've left comments on their blogs and their podcasts, and I'm on their newsletter. Um, even better if they have like lower price products that you can purchase because you don't want to spend tons of money for this. But if you could spend 10 bucks on something that they have, that's great. And then let them know, you know, hey, just purchase this. It was great. I really appreciate it. So that's the simplest thing is then you want to start making sure they see your name enough where they start to notice it. It takes about nine times, I think. There's some science behind it. But think about like nine impressions is what you want to give somebody, um, positive impressions. So you want to just share like nine times or be positive nine times in front of them before you ask for anything. So then what I'll do is I'll, I'll shoot them an email and I'll say, hey, uh, from if they have a newsletter. So again, if I really only want to go after people with a newsletter anyway, I want to go after people who under, that's, that would be the prerequisite for me typically. I want, I want somebody who has an actual newsletter because then they know the value of email marketing. They understand how profitable it can be and they'll get the most value out of this promotion. So if they have an email newsletter, I'm signed up for it. I'm going to reply to one of those, comment on it, say, hey, I appreciate this, this email. You can be surprised. Again, if you're at this level, you're not at the corporate you know, newsletter level, but you're at the personal brand level, most people will see that email and they'll respond to it and they'll be super positive about it. And it'll be something that you know, means a lot to them and will make them, th- they'll notice you. It's so simple and so many people don't do it. Like a lot of people reach out to me through a contact form, which works, but it's like, man, take two seconds, sign up for my email list, respond to one of my emails, and I'm going to see that and recognize that you're on my list. I care about you a lot more. And that's way better. So then if I get a positive response from that, they're just like, thanks, whatever, awesome. Then after that, one or two, what I'll do is usually maybe if I have a week later, two weeks later, something like that, I'll approach them and say, hey, I, you know, we talked a little while, while back, um, you know, whatever, kind of reference the things you've done because people are busy. Um, and I'll say, I see that you focus on this topic with your audience and that you're selling X, Y, or Z or something like that. Again, make it focus on them, their audience and how they do business and make money, but also focus on how the value they give to their audience. And there's, there's one of two ways that I approach it. One is, and I kind of just guess, but I always like to go the audience route because if these people are doing this, chances are they're passionate about it. Chances are they really care about their readers, their listeners. You know, they just do, right? And so if I can approach and say, hey, I'm one of those people that, that you care about, you know, you don't say that, but you know, I'm one of those people. I'm in your audience. I care about, this is great work that you're doing. And I want to say, you know what I thought would be awesome for your audience would be this summit. Like they're going to be teaching this topic. I think your audience would get a, a huge amount of value out of it. And if I'm doing a summit, then the easy thing is, and I'd love to have you speak if you'd be interested in speaking. Like, and, and if you're, if you're interested in any of that, let me know and I'll get you more details. That's, huge, that's an easy selling point. Again, for those people who are in that middle ground, they want more eyes on them. So that's why those summits can be super valuable from a list building perspective. Um, but if you're doing like a challenge or something like that, that might be the same thing. It'd be like this challenge, I think would be great for your audience. And I, I think they get a huge amount of value out of it because they, you talk about X, Y, and Z and this challenge will help them do X, Y, and Z or something like that, or, or make it better. Right. So you just connect the dots for it. That's, that's how you present it. And then you just want to make sure this email, it just has a single call to action. Like, let me know if you're interested in more details or let me know if this, this is, if you'd like, if this is of interest and I'll get you more details. Cause then you can get a yes or no. And if you get a yes or no, or maybe yes, yes, or maybe you're awesome. And no is great too. Cause then you just know you don't have to pressure them or anything like that. It's fine. There's no, no harm, no foul. But that if then you get a yes or I'm interested or a follow-up, let's get more information. Then I go through a follow-up process where I try to get on a call, I try to talk through the project, and then I try to lock down dates and times on that call. As soon as you get somebody on a call, they're receptive, they're going to be ready to actually help you, and they're going to have time on their calendar right then and there to do it. You just do things through email, you're never going to get on somebody's calendar. So I'd like to get on a call. So all of a sudden, you realize this is quite a bit of work. 
It takes a yeah. long time to do this, but it's so powerful. It's so valuable. And you'll, you'll be able to leverage this partnership and this relationship for so long because that's how you're coming at it. You want to value, you want to create value for their audience. And then I always think in the back of my mind, how do I help this person who's going to help me? How, what can I do for them? You know, and that's a, maybe an addendum to this. How do you provide value? Maybe the way I approached maybe before this is I'd have them on my podcast. If I have a relevant podcast, get to know them first, then I'll do the next thing, right? Or maybe I can blog about them first and do that extra bit, but you have to give, give, give. And then I think you can ask for something like this. And then that's the best way to kind of have a relationship for that launch that you're doing and then ongoing. And these people, partners of ours, like I'm, I work with partners I've worked with like a dozen times now. And it's awesome. It's a great, it's a great feeling because then I can help them make sure they're, they make money from these things, that they're successful. I'm always trying to look out for what would their audience really appreciate so I get to know them and I can bring them opportunities and I can f- simultaneously find opportunities for them to get exposure too. So I like to hook up the partners I work with and say, hey, I don't know if you're interested in this, but maybe you'd like to speak at this event or hey, I don't know, have you been on this podcast? Maybe I can make an intro to, the, to you. That's a huge value, you know? Uh, and most people just don't take the time of day to do it. That's really awesome. And I like what you're saying there just just about value because this whole thing and product launches and event-based marketing, it's not about manipulating people or um, you know, pressure selling. It's it's about creating value for everybody. And even to the beginning of this episode, you were talking about um you, you like to work with people that they already need to have some traction. Like they already need to have like a pilot or some proof of concept. Like there's no reason to recruit affiliates if you don't have proof of concept. Like, so what that means if you have proof of concept is the course or the product or whatever, it has value. So that's good for the end user. Now it's, now it's a marketing and a, a, a sales execution game. And then like, you know, what's in it for you? What's in it for your affiliates? What's in it for all the other people that help support the launch? As long as everybody wins, that's really the name of the game. And like you mentioned, the fact that, you know, a lot of the, your partners are with you 12 times again and again and again, it's just, they're not going to keep coming back if there wasn't value there or they didn't enjoy the totally. process. So that's, that's, and that's really the awesome. thing. Like, and that's the key, I think, is, is not only is, is personalization, because most people don't personalize because they want to like hire somebody from, I don't know, God knows where to spam people's email inboxes, this generic pitch that makes no sense. And I'm sure some of them succeed. But in the context of at least what I do and what my team does and for the people we do it for, we're, it's like relationship-driven marketing, for lack of a better term. And I don't mean that as a catchphrase, but I literally mean like we know our partners. Like, you know, I know I worked with you, Chris. I know you. You know, we've, we've connected. We've taught. We've spoken a few times. You know, there's that relationship that's there irregardless of any kind of promotion or anything like that. And that's the thing. And that takes a lot more time. And it's so much more valuable, though. Like, it's like, it's like the 80-20 Principle. It's like, it's going to take me way more time to this, but I'm going to get 10 X in the long run. If I do it right, if I take it, take the right steps and you're in it for the long haul. And I, I would make a, a note here. I think a lot of people get, you know, get greedy and lazy and they don't want to put in that time. They want the quick fix. They want that, you know, and I published a book on growth hacking, but they want that growth hack to get immediately to that next step. I do love growth hacks, by the way, but like you use that in lieu of, you know, the hard work of building a foundation and building relationships. Like you kind of, you shoot yourself in the foot in the long run. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of Get that base foundation. Make sure you can sell your course to your own students. You know, you find a way to generate, you know, interest and leads on your own for your course and sell them. Get some sort of base chart to say, okay, I'm going to kick this up a notch and bring in partners, bring in promoters and stuff like that. So the last thing you want to do is have them push traffic your way and nobody buys. Then they get, you know, it's just a bad experience. It's a bad, bad thing. So don't do that. So make sure you can actually sell your own course before you start looking for other people to promote it. It's the only caveat I would give to this. 
Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I love what you're saying about relationships. If I'm teaching somebody or working with somebody in my team in a sales capacity, I always go back to the fundamentals, inbound, outbound, and relationships, the three types of sales. Inbound is basically content. Outbound is cold yeah. outreach, prospecting. And then relationships is what you're talking about here. And maybe a, a prospecting thing start, turns into a relationship. But I think in this digital age and this uh, solopreneur, work from home, outsource your life thing, that whole relationship component is not, uh, it's, al- it's almost like a scarce resource in, uh, in the, the world of the internet. So to actually like consciously invest in it, like I'm not just trying to get these affiliates who I'll never meet and whatever to promote my thing and hopefully they make some money. It's about building up long-term relationships and always just having an eye out for where's the mutual value. Uh, or where's the win-win, you know, what makes sense to collaborate on and stuff like that. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Well, totally. And I think you always come back to the, the you know, the, the student audience, it's always going to be a win. Um, even if it's, if that person isn't the right fit at the time or that they're too busy or whatever, but you never, I, I mean, out of the hundreds, maybe close to maybe a thousand at this point, interactions I've had with potential partners and stuff like that, maybe like one or two of them have gotten upset by me trying to, you know, have this conversation, but the vast majority, even if it's a no, it's a positive no. And I think that's the big thing to take away. It's like, don't be scared. You will get those outliers that are just ridiculous and you can just ignore them in my opinion, like whatever. But if you do it with a a concerted effort of being a, a, a purposefully looking to create value for somebody else's audience, that person gets upset. That's on them. But the point is most people won't. And even if they'll say no to you, they'll still be, I think they'll still be appreciative of the fact that you took the time to like learn about them and learn about their audience and what they're doing. So it's really, really powerful stuff. That's awesome. Well, just to close it out here, um, can you just give the listener, the course builder out here who, who's looking to step into event-based marketing, what's, what's a really important uh, you know, first step or first thing to think about? And then after that, just uh, let us know where people can find, out, find you on the internet and, and connect with you, Tom. Yeah, so... The number one thing is, what is that product you have that you're going to sell? And who is it for? And if you can get those first two things, um, then you can, you can leverage these like online event-based marketing uh, tactics or strategies or campaigns, however you want to kind of define them. Um, but you need to know who the target audience is. You need to know what, and you need to know, have, you have, a, have your product that you know addresses that target audience's pain or problem, right? So it's the real fundamental stuff. And if you know those things, then you can leverage this in a big way. So know that. And then I'd say the other big thing to think about that is once you know that, it's kind of like that process I went through with you kind of like as an example, which was a good one. It's like really thinking through deeply. If this is the person I'm, I, I'm, I want to impact and, and I want to improve this person's life, if this, there's an archetype here, there's an avatar type of person. That means that person, even if they're not aware or say that they are aware of the pain or problem, how do I get their attention? Because there's probably a million other people trying to, if you're in a, if you have a real business, chances are like there's other businesses competing, right? That's the kind of the nature of business. Um, so you have to understand that the other people are already competing for this person's time and attention and money. So then that's where you kind of backward plan off of that and say, okay, it's kettlebells over 40 years old. Well, that means we want, we don't want to actually, the immediate per, the person, I think the average person would say, oh, I'm going to look at kettlebell blogs and podcasts. And I would say that's the opposite of where you want to go. That's you're going right into, it's not that it can't work. It's, it's great. Maybe that is, maybe you can find one or two where it's appropriate. 
um, because of like maybe the way you train kettlebells or something like that. But otherwise you're going to like almost like enemy territory. It's not a good thing. You want to think in these marketing verticals, these, these tertiary markets where it's still that avatar, but they're not specifically, they don't know about what it is that you're doing and why, why you're doing it. But they had their, they, they fought, they're that demographic, but no kettlebells or they maybe know of it, but they're not really into it because you're going to these CrossFit or man, or maybe the CrossFit would, but you know, marathon runners or Spartan racers or whatever it is. Right. And, and that's how you want to lead them into it. So I think it's understanding the market, understanding your product, and then backward planning from there and say, what, where does this person exist online? Who do they listen to? Who do they follow? Specifically the person who hasn't been the thing that I'm going to be selling here, the kettlebell thing. How do I get in front of that? Like that person. So I think those are the, the, the one thing, which is probably like three things I just said, but hopefully that's clear enough for somebody to start making moves on it. That's awesome. And uh, before you get into to where people can find you, I just want to say that that is, uh, it's surprisingly mm-hmm. overlooked or like people try to often try to swim right in with the sharks. And, uh, you know, like for me as a lifter LMS is a technology uh, for teaching courses online. But if I go, if I find people like Danny Innie or Frank Bria who are teaching more strategy and content for launching courses and more of the business side, and, and it's like, we're not competing, but we share the yep. same uh, audience. And complimentary. I, there's nothing gives me greater pleasure than to help uh, the people that follow me from a, from a technology provider to help hook up with some content providers who have some strategies and some other tools to help them grow their project. So it's, uh, but if I went and found other learning management system online course <laughs> things, it just wouldn't make sense. So it's, I, I just like your point and sense. it, it's surprising how mm-hmm. often, uh, you know, finding that adjacent person who has a non-competing business with the exact same customer is like literally critical to su- success in my opinion. And I'd say one thing and then <clears throat> I'm losing my voice here. I need some water, but I'll say this one thing because you, you brought it up. Yours is a great example. So Lifter LMS, right? The, the immediate, like if I were to try to market and promote that, Obviously, the immediate, very like simple to to understand and figure out is like maybe anybody with a blog or podcast who talks about um, teaching and education online. So online course and, and and typically maybe like people who are teaching how to create like online courses and things like that. That'd be like the low hanging fruit, but probably not. And maybe it works decently well, but also probably one that all your competitors are going after. For you, I I see it as then, and I think you're already doing this. I'm 99 sure you are, but it's then saying, well, who, where are other industries? where education could, is a component or could be a component. And then how do I get in front of those? Like, I mean, what about, you know, mom and like mom blogs or something like that, yeah. like stay at home mom blogs or something like that. Maybe they want to educate on this or, you know, whatever it is. And then, and then seeing if I can get in front of their, share the, how they can teach their stuff online uh, and make more money from it. Um, you know, I mean, those are the kind of things it's like tertiary, tertiary right? Yeah. You probably get the most bang for the buck because there's probably less competitors in your space going after them. So that's the big thing for me. Like I always say, I'm always, I'll go for the ones that are competitive too and just see what happens. But typically we get our best results from people that are like one or two removed, but still, they're still appropriate. If that makes sense. That makes total sense. Awesome. Well, where can the people find you, Tom? Good. Just go to my website. It's www.tommorkes.com. That's T-O-M-M-O-R-K-E-S.com. And you'll find everything that I do right there. So sign up for the list if you're interested in this kind of marketing and stuff. Um, yeah, and that's it. You want to get in touch with me, just go to, go there. You got everything from there. And I reply to all my emails. Sometimes it takes me a week or two. I get a lot of emails, so but I do reply. So if you're interested or have some questions about something, shoot me an email and I'll get back to you. 
All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Tom. Really appreciate it. Chris, thank you so much. It was a pleasure.